This morning we're going to look at Genesis chapter 28. And we're going to look at a dream that was recorded by Jacob. And Jacob had some very interesting encounters in his life with the Lord. And this was just another one of those encounters that was interesting as well. And one time he was wrestling with an angel of the Lord. And another time he had this great dream that we're going to read here. And this dream is... Uh, Interesting because it gives us insights into the place that is not yet, we have not yet arrived, a place called heaven. And that's the very thing that Jacob calls it later on. He says, this is the gate of heaven is his dream that we're going to read. But he begins to have an experience, and this experience marks his understanding about God and marks his understanding about his daily living. And this is also reflective in the ministry of Jesus as well, that Jesus, once again, in his life and in his teachings, was constantly trying to draw our attention from the things, away from the things of earth, and put our eyes upon heaven, upon Jesus, upon God, and helping us live in such a way. And so we're going to read this, this encounter that Jacob had and see, hopefully, how the Lord will encourage us today. Genesis 28, verse 10. It says that Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and he stayed there for the night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and he lay down in that place. Uh, this is always an interesting verse here to me that Jacob uh, put his head on a rock and slept there. Uh, I'm not sure that this is actually a rock that he used as a pillow, but maybe perhaps as a marker of the place where he was at. And he dreamed there that there was a ladder set up on the earth. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. You know, we have our pictures, pictures of a ladder. We have our pictures of, of the kind of modern day ladder. But Jacob is looking at this type of maybe an ancient, heavenly type of ladder, and he notices that there's activity on this ladder. And he says that this ladder was set up on the earth and the top of it reaching to heaven. Now, this is all happening in a dream. And if you go back and you think about uh, the Tower of Babel for a moment. All of those guys were working together and they had, uh, had pride in their hearts so God came down and confused their language. But what they were trying to do was build a tower that did what Jacob saw here in this dream that reached to heaven. But this ladder is different and this, this activity is different because Jacob noted that there were the angels of God. They were ascending, so meaning they were already on earth. And they were descending that more were coming down, uh, coming down. So there was this constant activity, if you will, this flow of activity between heaven and earth, earth to heaven with God. And so he goes on to say that the Lord stood beside him and said, now remember, Jacob is watching this ladder, and now the Lord is standing beside him and says, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring, and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. 
And God goes on to give him some more words of encouragement about the promises that were to come, which we're not going to read all of that today. But we're going to skip down to verse 17. Or verse 16, rather. When Jacob woke up from his sleep, he said this. This was the first thing he noted. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Now, this verse has always interested me because here's Jacob. He's had a dream and he's seeing the activity that's going up from heaven to earth. He's seen this with a spiritual eye, perhaps, in his dream. And there was the Lord standing behind, beside him. But when he woke up and he realized he was on the earth, he also had the realization that even though I cannot see what I saw in my dream right now, surely the Lord is in this place. What Jacob was doing was making a moment, a, a, a mental note really, of saying, I can't see it, what I saw in my dream, but I know for a matter of a fact that God is in this place, that God is on, on, on the earth working right now. And he was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? Man, think about that for a moment. How awesome is this place? And Jacob goes on to say, This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And so Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head, and he set it up for a pillar. And you see why I believe this rock was not so much a pillow as it was a marker, because it was common practice for Abraham, Isaac, and the forefathers to make markers. And it was almost as if he was prepared to make a marker of the place where he stayed. And so he marked this, and I want you to catch this this morning, is he marked this place. All he had was a dream. All he had was a night of sleep on a, on a rock that probably left his head sore when he woke up in the morning. But all he had right there in that moment was a dream. But that dream was enough for him to take that very rock and use it as a marker of the thing and the activity which he saw. And the Bible says he poured oil on the top of it and he called that place Bethel. But the name of the city was loose at first. And then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And all of you that will give me, I will surely give one tenth to you. What an incredible encounter. You know, sometimes I read the Bible and I think, Man, that sounds sometimes so supernatural or so far off and distant. And I have to remind myself that you and I, the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that set up a ladder in Jacob's dream is the same God that sets up ladders even so today. And there is activity on earth as it is in heaven that I cannot see with my eyes. And Jacob, I've often thought, what was the point of Bethel? What was the point of Jacob's having this dream? And if you've read Jacob's story, you know that Bethel, although it was a significant moment for Jacob personally, it really did not have so much to do with those around him. It was a personal moment for Jacob. It was a moment that marked Jacob's understanding about God and the way he lived his life and the promises that he was to receive uh, from the Lord. 
It was a way for Jacob to understand that God is at work in a way that I cannot fully see all the time, but I must be aware he's at work. Surely the Lord is in this place. And that's what I want to encourage you this morning. I want to talk to you this morning on a thing that has just been really a, a life verse for me lately. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. In Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read this prayer that the Lord taught us that you and I, we've learned as kids and I've learned as a kid and I've, I've memorized. Sometimes I quote it and don't even think about what I'm saying. But as I have come back to this over and over again and I've thought about Jacob's experience and I've thought about how Jesus taught, there is something more here that I missed uh, over the past few months and years of my life that are now affecting the way that I live in a different way. And Jesus stood up and he taught them, begin to pray. They, and when Luke chapter 11, they said, the disciples said to them, teach us to pray. And so Jesus began to teach them how to pray. And in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount, he lays this prayer out for them. A prayer that people have memorized, that's been engraved all over the place. But sometimes I think we forget the significance of what Jesus was asking us to pray. And I think for the, the change of heart has to be of realizing that the Lord's prayer is that you ought to pray in this way. It's not necessarily pray exactly these words. It's pray in this way. Pray with this mindset. Pray with this understanding about God. Pray with this understanding about how you ought to live. So he says it in these basic words. Our Father in heaven. Now, may we never forget that when we pray, our Father is in heaven. May we never forget that when we're opening up our voice to call upon the Lord, as Jacob saw that ladder, our God is in heaven. This shapes the way we're going to pray the rest of the prayer. When we have an understanding about where God is located, our Father in heaven, when we have that understanding, it will change the rest of the prayer. When we realize that God is almighty, he's seated on the throne, high and lifted up, and he's seated in heaven, it will change the rest of the, this prayer. And so then Jesus begins to teach them, pray this way. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. And here's that phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. What an, what an incredibly simple prayer, but what a powerful prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. I've prayed this many times. We've, we've prayed it as a congregation over the, over the years. We've said these words out loud, but sometimes I have realized, Lord, I have prayed this prayer and not have, have not realized what I actually was praying. I have not fully comprehended, understanding what, I'm what God meant on earth as it is in heaven. And so now we go back to Jacob. Jacob saw a ladder. He saw angels ascending, descending. He saw this activity of God working on the earth. Apparently angels were being sent down to earth to do work. And apparently they were going back up. And there was this activity of heaven. And God standing there and commanding his promises. And this was the model for Jacob's life to come. And how he was to live his life was based upon this understanding. On earth as it is in heaven. What does it mean to understand God's work on earth as it is in heaven? 
We've often understood heaven as, off, as a far off, distant place that maybe, maybe is kind of real, maybe isn't real. But Jacob had the understanding that in his dream, as he saw it, that surely it is real. And it was realer than anything he had ever experienced before. And it affected, it was so real, and I want you to catch this, it was so real, so much so in his dream, that it affected what he did in that very next moment. That he said, right now I want to establish that what I have seen is amazing and awesome. That I'm going to say, this is the Lord's house. This is the place that God is at work. This is the place that God dwells. And so now he set up a pillar to mark that significant moment. Sometimes when we talk about heaven, we think about this, this kind of vague idea of what's to come. But Jacob realized that it affected him in such a way that it immediately changed how he began to live day by day. And this is reflective of what Paul tells the church in Colossians, that set your mind on things above. And I've gone back to that verse over and over again and wondered, why is Paul calling them to set your mind on things above? And it's the Jacob principle. Immediately, as he saw the revelation of what was happening on earth as it is in heaven, it affected his daily living like that. He woke up from that dream and immediately things began to change for him. His understanding about God began to change. His day-to-day -day realization of the promises of God began to change. And so immediately things began to change. And I believe Paul realized this as well. As Paul began to stand up and teach the Corinthians, I saw, knew a man 14 years ago who was caught up in paradise speaking about himself and realized that if we will set our mind on things above, it changes the way that we live right now how does it change the way we live let's look at Jesus's prayer he says Lord let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven three things that are affected when we pray on earth as it is in heaven God's will Jacob realized this and Jesus taught us this that if God's will is going to be done it has to be done on earth as it is in heaven what does that mean that means in all the scriptures we know about heaven and all the activity and the, the, the noise, the sound, the worship of heaven, it's beautiful, it's majestic. Angels and cherubims, Isaiah talks about, John talks about, all of these great realizations about the worship of heaven. And you know what is happening there? God's will is being perfectly executed all the time in heaven. Day by day, all the time. What God wants to happen in heaven, it's done just like that. There is not a question about whether it's going to be done. It's done just like that. And so Jesus said that you and I are to pray it just like it's being perfectly done in heaven right now. We can't even see it. Just like it's being perfectly done right now, God says that we ought to pray it this way. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. What God wants for you and what God wants for me is for his will to be done in your life. God loved us so much so that he created us. That he created us to live for him and honor him so that his will could be done in our lives. Because if he is God, then surely he knows what's best for our lives. If he is God, then surely his will is what's best for our lives, not our will. My will, it will, it will, it will perish. It'll pass away. It won't accomplish anything. But God's will... No, God's will causes Red Seas to part. God's will causes the suns to stand still. God's will sends Jesus to die on a cross and gives forgiveness for the whole world. That's God's will. God's will is perfect. And so Jesus said, pray this way. Every day, day by day, pray this way. On earth as it is in heaven, Lord, let your will be done. 
Let your will be done. This is the type of understanding that has to realize that God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is a daily fixation upon the realization that I am serving a God that I cannot see, but I realize that his will is perfect in all of its ways. And I'm going to live by faith, even though I cannot see him. I'm going to live by faith and still pray, God, your will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, as I'm about to make this big decision about my life, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's perfect in heaven. Let it be perfect in my life right now. Let your will be done. Lord, as I'm about to make this career change, this this family decision, whatever it is that we're praying about. It's supposed to be a part of our daily praying on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I don't want to miss for a moment your will because your will is perfect. The third, the second thing Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven is he gives a model for the next thing to come as he says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh my goodness, how this verse has changed my life. This verse has changed my life because of this little word right here, daily. Daily. Many times I have got up, caught up in my life and I may read this verse and say, God, give me my bread. But I forget that Jesus didn't say, give me my bread for the week. Jesus didn't say, give me my bread for the month. Give me my bread for the two times of the year. No, Jesus said daily, pray this, give us today our daily bread. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, day by day, they had to go get the manna that came where? From heaven. They had to pick it up and get it. They couldn't take any extra. They couldn't take any more or it was going to become moldy. They had to go day by day. Listen, a God that calls us to come to him and pray, give us this day our daily bread, is a God who isn't concerned just about giving us our supply, just about providing, just about giving our fix. He's a God who's concerned about the interaction of coming daily to him. He wouldn't say if it was just about getting what we needed, he could have said, give us this our daily, our, our monthly bread. He could have said that. Jesus is powerful. God's all powerful. He could have done that. But Jesus called us to a daily bread, just like Jacob had to learn daily as he saw that dream, as he saw the angels working, he established a pillar and a marker and he said, the Lord is in this place. This is Bethel. This is the moment. It was a daily thing for him. It was a realization that daily I have to set up an altar. Daily I have to go before the Lord. Daily I have to depend upon him. And trust on him. Because listen, daily isn't about provision. It's about relationship. And Jesus calls us to dwell in relationship. If all he wanted was your provision, he could have supplied that. But he was wanting the interaction with you and I. He was wanting the invitation to come and say, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I need you today. Listen, I, I'm convinced that there is probably no more beautiful prayer to the Lord than this. Lord, I can't make it today without you. I need you. Because that's the child. That's the child of God that's learned that my, my father is what I need. That's the child of God that realizes that my father, he's going to take care of me. I know it because even though tomorrow's coming and there's uncertainties about tomorrow, don't worry about it because I know tomorrow there's daily bread for me. 
I know that there's some big decisions coming up and I have no clue where things are going to go. I've got some health decisions. I've got complications and I'm not sure. But I have this confidence of this. God has my daily bread for me. And even though it looks uncertain and even though it looks troubling, I know that there's enough for me to sustain me because Jesus taught me this. Come to me for daily bread. And if God is concerned about my daily healthiness, then I know that he will take care of me. He will supply. He will watch over me. He will sustain me because it's about a relationship with Jesus. Listen. Don't do like the children of Israel. Some of them tried to live off of moldy bread. And listen, don't nobody like moldy bread. It doesn't taste good. It's not healthy for you. It'll make you sick. And it does the same thing to our spiritual lives as well. When you and I try to live off of the things of yesterday and last week, what we are going to come into is a spiritual unhealthiness. Our soul is going to be deprivated in some type of way. We have to learn daily to go before the Lord. I can't take that bread from yesterday. Don't carry mold around in your pocket. It's not good for you daily trust in the Lord daily depend upon him and listen this is coming to this guy first right here daily Charlie you've got to learn day by day day by day Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday if there was another day of the week I could add in there we need to add it in there because day by day he's our daily bread Paul said it this way in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 so we do not lose heart even though our outer nature is wasting away. Listen to what Paul says here. Listen, I, I know there's a lot of people. We've, we've been praying for you. We've been praying for situations. Situations that are reflective of this very fact. Our outer nature is wasting away. It's true. We have human bodies. We all have blood. We, we live on a fallen planet. That is the nature of living on earth. But the prayer of on earth as it is in heaven and give us this daily, our daily bread is that even though my outward body may not catch up to my inward body, Paul says it this way, our inner nature is being renewed year by year. No, he didn't say that. Month by month. Uh, no, Sunday by Sunday. No, he didn't say that. He said day by day. Because the reality is, yes, all of our bodies, they're they're. They're falling apart. <laughs> Some of us know that more than others, right? They're falling apart. But the truth is, is that God promises that even though that outward man is perishing, there's daily bread for us. And listen, all the troubles in the world don't amount to the sufficiency of what daily bread can do for you. It can carry you through the most troublesome times. And so he goes on to say this. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Listen, I just want to encourage you today. That outward perishing, that day-to-day -day wasting away of the outward man. Listen, it's beyond all measure what's going to be accomplished on the inside. Because what we look at, like Jacob, we can't be seen. It's temporary. But what we cannot be seen is eternal. And that's the realization that Jacob had when he saw that ladder was, oh my goodness, I'm not seeing this every day. I just happened, thank God I saw it in a dream and it affected his immediate realization. I know the fact that there is activity that is happening, that what is happening that is unseen is eternal and God is at work. So surely the Lord is in this place. And Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 5, for if we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. Paul says it this way. Listen, our, our bodies are not the end of our hope. 
Our lives here is not the end of our hope. Our ho- our, the end of our hope is the fact that we have a home from God. We have a place that even though the outward man is wasting day by day, there is an inward man that will eventually find its place in an eternal home. For in this tent, Paul says, we groan. Listen to what he says. We groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Obviously, what Paul understood about heaven was enough to realize that we are groaning for it. We are longing for it day by day. Paul was a guy who faced persecution and suffering all the time, but it was enough to cause him to say, I need that heavenly dwelling day by day. As the musicians come, and the last thing I want to show you is this, as Jesus taught them to pray, he says this, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Listen, on earth as it is in heaven is forgiveness. Forgiveness cannot happen apart from or or because of earthly means. Forgiveness can only happen because of on earth as it is in heaven. And that was Jesus coming to die on a cross for you and I, laying out his whole life. Because Jesus came on earth as it is in heaven and did God's perfect will on earth as it is in heaven, he offered us forgiveness only because of Jesus' life upon a cross. And listen, the day-by-day forgiveness that you and I need and that we are, to, we, are, we are ought to extend to our brothers and sisters in Christ is because of our on earth as it is in heaven forgiveness. It is only because of Jesus, only because of God. There is no forgiveness apart from that. The type of love that you and I are to have for one another, it doesn't happen by any other means. It only happens through Jesus. And it's supposed to be a part of our daily praying and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven our sinners. And don't bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. This morning, I just want to encourage you today. Like Jacob said, the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. And even though you cannot see it, And even though you cannot see him, there will come a day when we can see him. And we will all be like him and beholding him with our eyes. And it will be the most majestic, earth-shattering moment that you and I have ever been a part of. Because our eyes, although they are blinded now to the greatness of God around us, they once will be open to see all of eternity before us. And this is supposed to affect our living right now. Listen, I know we get caught up in earth. I get caught up in earth. get worries, things pile up, and it clouds my judgment sometimes. And I have to go back to the fact, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've allowed earthly things to mess up my mind. Let me pray this way, Lord. On earth as it is in heaven. And you will soon discover as you begin to pray that, like Jacob, oh God. You're in this place. How awesome is this place? How wonderful this is, Lord. You're at work here. It changes everything about the way we live when our eyes are daily fixed on Jesus. Will you stand with me today? Every eye closed. As the choir comes, we're going to sing this song. 
I just want to encourage you today, this morning, can we make it our prayer today in your own way? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, give us today our daily bread. Lord, we need our heavenly bread today. Earthly bread, it will perish. But your heavenly bread, it's exactly what we need today. Lord, forgive us, forgive our debtors as we forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord. And God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This morning, you need forgiveness today. You need your daily bread. You need God's strength to sustain you today. Maybe you say to me, Charlie, I'm feeling just a little empty today. Can I just encourage you? There's daily bread for you today. You don't have to live empty. There's daily bread for you. Would you come this morning? Just stand here. Someone be glad to come and pray with you today. We'll stand behind you, pray with you, whatever you're in need of today. Trusting God with you. On earth as it is heaven. And as those begin to come today, can we as a church just pray, Lord, we want your will to be done right now this morning on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we might not be looking at a ladder, but we live by faith knowing that what we cannot see, Lord, it's eternal. And even though my eyes have not seen it, Lord, I know it's there. We live by faith and not by sight, Lord. And we know, Jesus, that we're going to trust you today, Lord. We're going to put our eyes upon you today, Lord. Not on the earthly things, Lord. Lord, it's, it's frustrating when we look at earth, Lord. Inflation and problems and job losses and sicknesses and ailments and all of those things. Lord, it's tough. Our outward body is wasting away day by day. But Lord, today we pray, would you renew our inward nature right now, this morning, Lord, this afternoon. God, come and refresh our soul, Lord. Let us not leave here overwhelmed by the troubles of earth, but may we leave here overjoyed by the glory of heaven today as we fix our eyes on you, Lord. Help us this morning to set our minds on Jesus today, Lord. Put our eyes upon you today, Lord. Let us get our eyes on the throne of God today, Lord, and trust in you that if you are seated on the throne, Lord, then I can trust in you today, and I can know that there's a God who makes the world go around, and even so today, Lord, you can help us. So, Lord, today we pray, give us our daily bread, Lord. God, give us forgiveness today, Lord. Some of us this morning, we need forgiveness, Lord. And we know it only comes from you, Jesus. So, God, would you forgive us, Lord God? We apologize, Lord, if we have sinned against you, Lord. Father, search our hearts, Lord. Know us, Lord, if there's any inward way in us that is wrong according to your will. Lord, help us, God, to apologize, to repent and turn away, oh God, and turn and follow you day by day, Lord, trusting in you, Lord. And God, may we come tomorrow back to you, Jesus, calling upon you for our daily bread. So, Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Jesus. Let's all sing today. If you need prayer, please come this morning. We'd be glad to pray with you.